Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. We are kicking off Season 3 with a bang with the wonderful and talented narrator, Sean Kristen. Hi, and welcome back. Was that innuendo? <laughs> we farts <laughs> <laughs> kicking it off with a bang i is uh, i don't know i don't know what you know. expect of me oh with I'm you I'm, yes, yes. Sure i am <laughs> i've learned to expect the unexpected and, and it's always awesome with you so <laughs> well doesn't that then make it expected mm, i don't know <laughs> mm. yeah there he goes again yes 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 i'm pleased to have returned it there there may be the possibility that i never left that is true. That is true. You never Working know. in the background, you know, just change my hay, give me fresh water. That's that sort of thing. <laughs> we do love and adore you. So it's 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 very possible that we just kept you here. So <laughs> yeah, this is possible. I, I may not be against such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will be including all the links to all their previous chats that we've done before. So things like, you know, how do you prepare a book? and stuff like that we won't be talking about today. But let's start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing, not writing, but narrating, and all this fun stuff in romance and voiceover. Fun stuff. Oops, I dropped my pen. See, I'm, I'm sitting here at my desk, and uh, I, I, as as is the case with me, I may or may not have pants on. And I'm, I'm sort of organizing my desk space because now that I'm actually sitting here and not uh, doing admin or focusing on uh, work or trying to prep something, I'm looking at the desk and this is a mess. How does how does anyone work like this? It's just yeah. Okay. So, um how do uh, how long have I been narrating? I've been narrating for boy, uh since November of 2009. So see this is interactive so folks can do the math and figure it out. Because yes. what's that 11? 11, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have allergies in mathematics, so never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm no mathematician. Yeah. So I, mm -hmm. I understand. Yeah. Audible says 11 years, though, based on Audible list, but you've probably been doing Sounds that more than that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm pretty sure my first book was November 2009. So that was right around the time I, I, I had been a voice talent for all of, I think, three days. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not even joking. I, I had just started and and uh, had always wanted to be an audiobook narrator. Or a books on tape. I'm sorry, it's books on tape. You know that that sort of thing. Uh, and uh, got a lucky break, and for some reason they seemed to like it, and I kept going. And then here I am. Mm hmm. So you said a voice uh, voiceover talent. Is there actually a, a, a difference between voiceover actor, voiceover talent, narrator? I mean, what are those differences? Because I've well, heard you guys use that differently, and I'm going hmm. sort of interchangeably. Well, there, I don't perceive a difference in voiceover versus voice talent versus voice actor or actress. Um, you use your voice as a creative tool to express media uh, as needed creatively. So typically, anyone doing voice work, uh, I would probably include phone sex in that. That's voice probably work, yeah. Right? I mean yeah yeah so. So even, uh, you know, if you do phone sex, it's, um, 
that type of voice work, I, I just consider it as voice work. So voice talent, voice acting. Some people may have some definitive definitions for it that elude me and, and my little brain, but <laughs> I just call it all the same. But you can break it down into the different facets of voice work. So narration uh, obviously is one. Uh, audiobook narration specifically. There's also other types of long-form narration uh, that I, I end up doing as well. Um, everybody knows animation uh, as voice work, uh, video games. I've actually done a lot more animation now because that, that's sort of my first love. That was what I originally wanted to do. I, I, I want to make cartoon voices. That seems like so much fun. And um, yeah, I guess I got sidetracked with audiobook <laughs> narration, but... <laughs> 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 but it's uh, I've been doing a lot more narration, uh, of course. Uh, uh, animation is what he wanted to say uh, now than uh, I have. So that's taking up a pretty sizable chunk of, of my session time now and a ton of video games. So um, doing that kind of character work is, is always fun for me, too. But you also have things like um, IVR, interactive voice response, which is basically all the phone prompts you hear. That's a whole subgenre. People who are into promo for radio, TV, trailer work for movies, um, e-learning is a big one, medical narration. There's so many facets of voice work that people tend to uh, either fall into or specialize by default in. And I just like making funny voices. So <laughs> <laughs> if I can get an opportunity to do that in, in whatever capacity, uh, it's uh, probably about 60% of what I do is audiobook work. So that's still my bread and butter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I was at your, uh, on your website a little earlier today, just catching up on things. Oof. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that website may have, may have been updated uh, in 2015. 16, Maybe I could up going, Hey, you're seeing things from last time I checked it out, but, uh -huh. but hey, consistency, but, right? But yes, you're he's very consistent. Yes. Reliable. Reliable. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, there you yeah, go. totally. And um, but still, it's it, it still amazes me when I'm like going through the reels and it's like, you know, it says like video games and all this stuff that comes out. And I'm going, holy shit, that's all him because it's all these different yeah. voices and different ranges. And then then the next one is like, you know, like cartoons and animations. And then again, that moment of holy shit, it's all him. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's one of the fun things about it is that. Uh, I can actually get paid to make a bunch of funny voices rather than just doing it at home alone uh, for 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 no financial compensation. So it's it's a win win for everybody, right? Yes, getting paid so I, for that is good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you let all of the voices out that are in your brain and the various personalities and and uh, afflictions <laughs> that that sub I'm subject subjected to. I think most creative talent that end up becoming performative uh, may share that idea that it's it's basically just a blanket excuse and you and full license to uh, act the fool and uh, just uh, do all the stuff you wanted to do that but in polite proper society we we don't often <laughs> get to express so um, you know you get to have a little fun if I, I can be a big monster I can be a screaming lunatic. I can be a tender lover. I can be a, a burly bear. Who knows? It's 
all of the things in life, right? So you get you get all of the things. Yeah, but it's still a lot of work because you guys have to prep the information and know that you're going to be doing insert type of voice here, you know. True. True. So there's still that side of us because I, I what I don't ever want is to discredit you guys as from that perspective, but also have people go like, well, I do funny voices. I can get like, yeah, you should you should probably get some coaching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hide well, yourself that, in the closet <laughs> for an hour well, or two. <laughs> It's, I can say, oh, it's easy work, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a relative term. Mm-hmm. It's, it's easy much in the same way that um, I've become accustomed to it. There's a routine. And I've spent countless hours uh, in training, in coaching, in practicing, and in performing to reach the point where I can say, relatively speaking, it's easy. And I, I always make the analogy that, well, I'm not down at the docks hossing bananas onto a boat or, you know, out in the the wilds chasing down gorillas and wrestling them for some unknown profit motive. But it's so this type of work, it's it's easy, relatively speaking, but that easy is predicated upon the fact that it takes a tremendous amount of skill and dedication and training and just practice to get to the point where it is, relatively speaking, <laughs> easy. Wasn't easy in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and I would never say to someone who wants to start out that, oh, this is an easy gig. You'll love it. No, it, it's a cutthroat industry. It's very competitive. You must build a strong entrepreneurial spirit uh, because it is a business. And you are running a business with yourself as the brand, and um, which <laughs> I'm not all that great at. And You've gotten better. Which you have to... <laughs> I'm I'm getting a little better. You know, we, we had talked you know, previously about how I, I'm sort of social media averse and I just I'm a I'm a relatively introverted, secluded person. I, I call myself the misanthropic desert hermit. Now that I moved to the desert, you know, I <laughs> I'm in the deserts of, of southern Arizona and I I love it. I love it, love it, love it. I've lived on both coasts and this is where I want to be. But um yeah, not 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 the biggest people person. Eh, I kind of like being alone in my crypt, so <laughs> it's it keeps me uh, keeps me here. I get recharged by just basically solitude, and where other people, obviously more extroverted, they are recharged in social settings and uh, with other folks. So that so yeah, me with my brand, I can I can do it business wise, uh, but. Uh, for for fun and kicks, <laughs> gits and shiggles, I, I'm not exactly the, you won't see a ton of me on social media currently. I post some stuff and I I love interacting with fans. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I, I rarely volunteer um, a lot of personal stuff to, on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever the social media flavor of the month may be right now. I don't know. I'm old too. I, I, this is beyond me. What's <laughs> what's hip now? You, tell but me. You have, to, you have to point me in the right direction. <laughs> you would probably do fun. TikTok, at, you yeah. would probably and do see, fun at TikTok because of all the different voices and the aspects of that perspective. But it's very much um, there's the, the the TikToks like a lot of it. It's in front of the camera. Um, there's some accounts that are more like behind because of the voice situation or anything. So you would probably benefit from either one. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I was like right, the other day right. I was going through your Twitter. I was going through Twitter and it says, Sean Kristen, I've posted something on Instagram. I'm going, oh, OK, he connected his accounts. Yay. 
I did good, right? See? Yes. And even on even on my Instagram, I've actually I've I've put up uh, at what do they call it? The kids today they uh, I've put up uh, content. Oh huh? yes, see, yes. look oh, at that. Look at that. I've, I've posted some content. Yes. I, uh-huh, Upcoming uh-huh, books. Uh-huh, content. Uh, <laughs> that's right, guys. I put up some content and. Uh, yeah, I, I, every then and again, I, I often forget because truthfully also, I, I'm usually working. So me, I need to set aside time to sort of manage this social media persona of, of hey, look at what I did. And it's also overcoming my natural, uh, just my innate need to not necessarily over-advertise myself with, hey, look at me, whoa, I'm the best. You know, this sort of hyperbolic uh, mm-hmm. self <laughs> self. Uh, yeah. advertisement i i'm 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 mildly humble with with the things i do but there comes a point for the sake of the business that one must uh, put themselves out there to say hey by the way i, I am doing things i am alive so uh <laughs> yeah, know, i think there for a second that's there. always a challenge for yeah someone was like hey still is he still narrating i'm like yes yes he's still narrating <laughs> is he still is he alive I, I, who knows? Has he returned to his underground burrow for another season of hibernation? It's it can be, um, yeah. So that can be challenging, and uh, so I'm I'm usually trying to find a way to uh, appease both myself and for those who ask, like, hey, what are you up to these days, and what's going on? Where usually, you know, you can for audiobook stuff in particular, it's most of it hits Audible. Um, some authors are uh, moving away from the platform and looking at other routes and, and um, other channels for distributing their books because of all the, the shenanigans going on. But um, for the most part, for audiobook stuff, you can definitely find it there. I'm trying to streamline just my website, which one of these days I will do, so that it uh, will link to pretty much everything I'm working on at any given moment that I am able to post prior to it um, <laughs> being released from an NDA. So uh, <laughs> at some point that should happen. But, yeah. Yeah. No, but, yeah, I, did, of- I even posted. Um... Oh, what's that? I was going to say that a lot of people don't, don't really realize that you guys do have to sign like a contract that includes an NDA about you cannot tell anybody about what you're working on <laughs> until X date yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So like there, there are some projects mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm in process with right now that, Oh, this is so much fun. Oh, but I, I am not at liberty to say mm-hmm. uh, what it is. Um, not yeah. as it doesn't occur as often with audiobooks, but definitely with video games and some of the animation stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're often you got a gag order where you <laughs> you can't exactly reveal all the good stuff yeah but and it keeps it interesting and then it my does. problem is i'm my session schedule is usually so full that by the time uh i can start talking about something i've already i'm two or three projects down the road mm-hmm. so i've in effect sort of out of sight out of mind it and now I'm just on to something else and I've forgotten. Yeah. So I, I really need to help. I, you, you should help me. You should help me. I should. I should. <laughs> we'll talk offline. <laughs> yeah, I have to rely on you. Yeah, there yeah. you go. There yeah. you go. I'll, we'll talk I'll, offline. I, I know but, you are the. Yeah, yeah, but this is also why I don't ever ask you guys specific details about a book you've narrated because I know that you guys are constantly wiping the memory bank free 
per se to kind of start the new one refreshed and stuff like that and so uh, if I ever do want to discuss something specifically, I always send you the email saying, hey, you recorded this a few months ago or the opposite. If I know that you're going to record it, I'll send you the note beforehand <laughs> of saying, write this stuff down while you're recording right. and then we'll get together afterwards to talk about it. Um, See, this is smart. This is smart, especially mm-hmm. for me in my creative process. Everything once a project is completed, it essentially gets purged from mm-hmm. my uh my RAM. <laughs> my, yeah. So all, all that, all the memory of it, just, I have no idea. People will ask me, Hey, you were, you did this thing and you were, I, 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 I did. Yeah. You were great. I, I, I was, yeah. And it was, I, I couldn't believe it. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was great. And I did the thing. Right. And I, I have no idea. And they, <laughs> I really, they have to jog my memory. I mean, I'm, I've done hundreds of audiobooks and I can't even tell you how many video games and characters and, and now at the animation and just trying to figure out uh, where I am at any given moment or, or someone will say, hey, you remember in this book, in this chapter, when this character said that? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. So it, it can be challenging. Yeah. Even as a listener yeah, and a reader. Sick with you. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. Well, especially if you if you stick to, um, say, a particular type of genre fiction where uh, some things can end up feeling formulaic, where you literally can just plug in different characters, the change the names and the locations, and ultimately, though it's still the same ride, we're still hitting the same beats. It becomes more and more difficult to distinguish one from another, especially when they're good or they're just okay. You know, in that range, before they're just crap, I remember a lot of the crap stuff for some reason. <laughs> and I remember, of course, a lot of the things that were exceptional. And, but when they're just okay to good, it's kind of the middle ground and it just sort of blurs together in the collective memory of, I think that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds about right. You can, you could convince me I, I did anything at this point. Ah, a lot of fun at parties, this guy. Is. I was going to say, yeah, let's not you take advantage of that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Careful, you. <laughs> I'm good, I promise. Um, <laughs> right, right. You forget I have been here before. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, and we've talked off before. So yeah, you totally, you know, you know, you know the game. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Speaking of before, what have you been up to since the last time we talked officially online? Because I think the last time you were packing and moving. Yeah, maybe. So maybe I was, I I can't remember because I've been here now for three and a half years. When I, I, after I left LA, I moved to uh, uh, Phoenix, well, south of Phoenix, this little town called Casa Grande, which is uh, surprisingly um, rich and has lots to offer. Uh, here in the desert, but I, I'm sort of in the outskirts of it. I basically live in the desert. And uh, so I, maybe I was packing to move here. Yeah, I think so. Does that, yeah. does that seem right? That, yeah. Sure. Again, just tell me anything and I'll, yeah, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's, so I, I've been here. I love it. Because uh, all, all I wanted to do, again, back to me um, basically being an introvert, uh, was I just wanted to get out of the city. So the last big city I was in was Los Angeles. And I said, I just want to go back to the desert. And I said, just give me a couple acres. And I just want peace and quiet and not a ton of people on top of me and enjoy the scenery. And you know, I'm a fan of the heat, so I, I love the climate. And that's what I did. So I moved uh, out to the desert. 
and built a studio out here, a separate studio on the property. And nice. that's where I spend most of my time. It's very quiet. Just the wind blowing, the howl of coyotes at night, uh, scorpions vying for my attention and <laughs> bed closed. It's, it's uh, not too shabby. I, I, I feel like right now in my life, the, the desert is definitely what resonates most with me. Good. So, yeah. Well, it's definitely important to have that environment that you can thrive in. But also in your line of work where you can at least control the volume a bit because yeah it's yeah. important yeah. especially since uh i since i believe the last time we spoke uh, <laughs> if that was the time i i now have a two and a half year old yeah that yes, you uh, do. Yeah, i just found him <laughs> in the desert apparently so it was uh, i will nurture you child and make you my own and teach you my ways i little you uh, yeah like a little version of you yeah. yeah he is like a little version of me and the funny thing is um when we moved here and my wife realized she was pregnant uh, when we <laughs> went to the to the OBGYN. They said, well, it looks like your conception date was, you know, uh, April 2nd or, or whatever it was. And she said, that was the exact day we moved into the house. Then when we <laughs> moved. And uh, what can I tell you? Ah. A little inspired. Yeah. So, you know, put making, in a little extra work. Making all the rooms uh, good. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, so then, uh, that was, you know, comedically to the accuracy to which you can entrust the date of conception, but yeah. So it was, yeah. uh, ah, when he gets the, older, literally he the day we moved this. in. Oh boy. <laughs> that kid's already ruined. Are you kidding? <laughs> Listening to this would, is nothing, nothing. <laughs> he is my son. That is true. That is true. <laughs> he has to put up with me and just, oh, this, and he's hilarious. I yeah. mean, he's, he's a hilarious kid. He has quite a personality for a, a little crazy toddler, mm -hmm. and um, he's he's something. I hope great things for him. Whatever he does, I just hope he's happy and fulfilled doing it. Yeah. So. No, he has his lovely energy about him. Oh, the mm -hmm. pictures I've seen in the little videos mm -hmm. and stuff uh, that you that the wife he has posted and stuff like that. I'm always like, he's so cute. And he's an adorable kid. He's, he's adorable. lucky too because I lost the receipt. Can't send him back. I know, right? I know mine's 18 and then sometimes I'm going, where's that damn receipt? Oh, Ugh. my goodness. Yeah. 18. Hey, see, look, you're done. You're, you've, you've served your time. Your tour duty's oh, over. Oh, no, right? my dear. No, right? no, yeah, no, that, no, Wait, no, no, don't no. tell me this. Don't. This is what it said in the brochure. 18 I wish. years no, no, and so, then rocket to the moon. There's some it. fine prints in those receipts that sometimes oh, people don't oh. read. But also depending on the location as far as the, the background or whatever, like from a Latina mm -hmm. perspective, we're never mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. The, the Latin community, we're never done with them, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which I've boy. had to remind mine. He busted out one time. <laughs> he busted out with, but I'm 18. I'm going, You're, did you forget your mom is Latina? You uh, know, yeah, there you go. There's no such never thing ends. as 18. No, <laughs> never ends. Not even after you end up moving in with him. So, I know, right? And hey. then. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too. He had the cutest reaction the other day uh, because, you know, again, ages and stuff like that. And when kids do things, mm -hmm. um, you know, he already has two tattoos, which I was fully aware of. And, you know, I was there for both of them kind of a thing. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he was he had gone out with the girlfriend, came back and he did something and lifted his shirt up. And so I saw something there and I said, what? Mm -hmm. the? He goes, it's fake, mom. It's fake. <laughs> Oh boy! I, like, I like the reaction. <laughs> it's fake, it's mom. Like, okay, that's fine. I mean, it's okay. Right. You trained him well. I right? trained, him, trained well, him well. Yes. Yeah. It's all about yeah. communication for me. It's all about just tell me that you're gonna do it, so <laughs> I don't get in shock or whatever. 
You know? That's right. Well, two two of my cornerstones of any relationship, mm-hmm. personal or professional, open communication. Yep. The management of expectations. Yes. So those things are are extremely important. I recently added another tenet to it, which is the the expectation of kindness, mm. and uh, sort of an exploration of the people that you enter those relationships with. Uh, there should be a general expectation and demonstration of of kindness and patience with each other mm-hmm. if there so if it's if i have a relationship that's lacking those three things then it's for me it's suspect be it business or uh pleasure mm-hmm. you know, or personal yeah honesty so. is another big one of mine like just tell me mm-hmm. you know yeah and, I, and yeah. I see i cover that in just the management of expectations oh that's so true. if you're not honest mm-hmm. just just let me know yeah. Right. I, I, I lie a lot. Okay. <laughs> I know what to expect. Right. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you no longer need to be honest, but what if they were being dishonest by telling you that they lie a lot? And that means they're actually really honest. So we all win anyway. Yeah. So see, eh, it's great. It's great. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. See, yeah. welcome to my world. This is, like I said, that kid is ruined. He is ruined. <laughs> I'm going to so. have to have him on the, uh, on the podcast in a couple of years and just say, Hey, honey. <laughs> Now, how oh, you doing? All the inside scoop. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. How you doing? Uh-huh. He, he will give you the scoop, believe yeah. me. Or the next time that you're that around, I'm, I'm hoping he'll pass by and say, hey, Dad, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> he'll, he'll, I know he could expose me, all my delicate secrets and, and air the dirty laundry, which... Yeah, most of it right now is just uh, poopy diapers. That's the dirty laundry right now. That is now. true. Yeah. So at that age, working yeah. on that potty training. Mm, yeah, that going well. <laughs> we're well. We're 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 gearing him up for it because I I don't want to get into it prior to the cooler weather coming here in the in the desert because some of it will be water restriction overnight mm-hmm. to help him learn to hold his little bladder. Uh, for the morning so rather than loading them up so while it's still hot that may constitute cruel and unusual punishment <laughs> <laughs> here in the desert yes it has, water yeah. what do you mean you need water so yeah, yeah just a, just a scooch mm-hmm. so once the weather breaks uh, we've been priming him with appropriate songs and and uh, books and stories so it's it's on it's his coming. mind <laughs> if if that's something you can you can believe for a two and a half year old um, <laughs> yeah. whatever, whatever way you want to believe that that actually happens. Mm-hmm. No, that's definitely yeah. something that, um, uh, that the parents are in, always like, I can't wait until they're potty trained. And then it's that, you know, but then it's that whole process that I think people forget sometimes that you have to mm-hmm. get them trained and that is a hit or miss. Yep. Um, and all up to the child too, because it's, you try to do it as far as age appropriateness, but it depends on the child. <laughs> Absolutely. With a lot and of really things. It, like age appropriate is hard to say because it's specific to, to that individual child. Yeah. You know, if they're emotionally and mentally prepared for that level of self-regulation and discipline. And um, this, this, this squirt is, uh, I'm, I'm worried, actually. I'm worried about myself <laughs> because he, he's, he's quite shrewd for being two and a half. He, he has some interesting powers of deduction and reason uh, <laughs> that 
We'll see how this develops. Yeah. Yeah. This is you'll this have to keep us posted. Going to be a challenge. Dad might spend a lot more time in the studio than he should. So <laughs> just just remove myself from the situation. Oh, he did what? Oh, really? Oh, I I didn't even know that was flammable. And that <laughs> so we'll see how how yeah. it goes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. He's your son though. So why do I have an image of him just taking off the diaper, going woohoo, and running around naked? <laughs> Oh, were were you there when no. that happened? <laughs> no, but oh, on the many times that's happened, you were there, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's 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 something. He, yeah. he is definitely something. Mm. Uh, I believe they say spirited. He is a yes. spirited child. As long as he didn't bust out so, with, but I saw Daddy do it. <laughs> I've told him never to say that. <laughs> never to say that. My daddy pees on cacti, son. That's not. Mm -mm. We 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 don't. That that doesn't leave the family. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, you know. Yeah, hey, he's definitely going to be poised for an interesting life. Yes, I, yes. I think uh, whatever he chooses to do, because simply because. I uh, am um, a little odd, so I, hopefully that won't ruin him, and he won't. That's one way to put it. He won't need years of therapy to to make up for my particular approach to parenting. I mean, my wife definitely tempers everything, but uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Time will tell, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll be uh, in my sixties <laughs> when he turns eighteen, so. <laughs> No, who knows? I, I may no longer have a mental grip on even what's going on anymore. Yeah. So, well, or he'll be so it, well it's, adjusted. It's, it's slipping daily. Yeah, he'll be so well adjusted that when someone says, "How are you dealing with this?" he'll probably bust out, "Have you not met my father?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for him. I do. Nah, his, his friends are. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I... Well, wait yeah, until he finds out when he gets older poor and starts kid. dating that that does romance novels. That's, that's like, right. That's, oh, well, well, I, I'm probably going to invite his dates over and tell him, hey, you know, hey, I'm his dad. I uh, I narrate erotica and romance. I've done it. Have you read this one? Have you? This one's great. <laughs> this is a great book, you know. And, uh, oh, and who, you know, I'm slowly moving where my my actual narration workload is is less than my commercial and video game and animation workload. It's almost 50 50 right now where it used to be eh, maybe 70 30. So I'm actually doing more game work and and animation so that may end up taking the forefront so then they'll some of his friends may be excited to meet his dad who that is he true. was the voice of this thing in that show and or he did this game i mean that could work to his advantage that is or true. it could just be you know who knows with that generation it's terrible everything is is super corny is corny even a word yeah everything is yeah. um Lame, embarrassing. lame. I think it's a term that they're yeah. using nowadays. Yeah, totally Everything lame. lame. Yeah, but um, or well, could I just think lame was lame was still big when I was in. It's high it's it's these Gen you know, Z three years ago. Yeah, no, the Gen Zs and the millennials are yeah. like, oh, this is so cool. I'm like, dude, I wore that when I was 19, in the 90s. So chill. <laughs> Been yeah, there, done yeah. that. Yeah, uh, they're re like redoing stuff. Well, now. I was startled to see the um those high waisted what we call the mom jeans. Mm hmm were made a comeback like really high-waisted and yeah and they don't flatter many figures nope no uh, they didn't back they then either <laughs> the first go around <laughs> no yep yeah yep. so um, it's, the Janko it's interesting ones. that that made a comeback i actually yeah what, yeah remember the jankos what, what? <laughs> yeah i had 
I, I had a pair of Jankos. You did? <laughs> and I had the, I had to acquire them. I couldn't afford them. I had mm-hmm. to acquire them. Mm. Um, and I had, because uh, I was a, I was a skater too. So, oh. you know, at that point in time in the, in the 90s, skate fashion was basically the bigger your pants were, the better. Yeah. And uh, Pacific had, Sun. Uh, what was the other brand? <laughs> Pacific. No, I never had Pacific. You sun. never had Pacific. I, okay, there was another brand. I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I mean, I, yeah. I was, I was, I was. I say it like it's the past tense. I was a loser and a nerd, mm-hmm. and uh, it was my coming of age, uh, I, which obviously lends itself to my my current position and perspective on life. Um, was basically, I was. Uh, an outsider you know i was an i was a nerd when i all i wanted to do was read and watch educational television i listened to classical music i was a big classical nerd i was a violin player at the time and i i didn't play any sports any team sports um and i just i loved reading i collected comic books and action figures and all the stuff that now kind of gets celebrated as cool nerddom mm-hmm. back then not we so bled yeah. for being a nerd like that. Yeah, you you were you were mercilessly beaten and teased uh, for for any nerdy pursuits, and especially so growing up in the inner city in Philadelphia. So being uh, a person of color in Philadelphia, growing up where, not to get too real, but if you didn't if you weren't hustling on the corner, didn't spend time in prison, or have three baby mamas, you weren't considered a man. You know, so as you're growing up in, in this sort of toxic environment and I like reading Spider-Man. So, <laughs> and violin uh, and classic music. Yeah. And violin and, and watching Nat Geo and Cosmos and just it was uh, it was it was challenging. And the, the funny thing is I was often teased for people saying, hey, you talk white, you talk too white. And and I come from a really mixed background, so I, I'm. I'm uh, I got a little bit of all, everything flowing around in my blood. Um, most people think my mother is Puerto Rican and it's I was always trying to struggle to find a place to fit in in that I was too white for the black kids and the other minorities and I was too black for the white kids. So always kind of skirting that line and I, I look back on it now and it, it while it it had certainly had its share of traumatic experiences it forced me to be more self-reliant and more independent uh, than rely and to also not necessarily rely as much on what my peers so-called peers were doing Mm -hmm. and i used that white voice to make sure that i got a job in voiceover y'all so what you got to say about that shit? so it was (laughs) Um, it was something that uh, I used to my advantage, yeah. which unfortunately isn't always the case uh, with some kids. So it's it, it's a it made me who I am, and uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with who I be. be yeah. So it's <laughs> it's uh, it, it's a it's something that I, I just look back and have to acknowledge with you know all of us. We're we're the mm-hmm. culmination of all of our experiences and encounters and ideas that we had as we grew up mm-hmm. for good or ill so yeah it's tough sometimes yeah. though 
that whole like not being enough for one or another. Cause I mean, I was, I'm first generation American mm-hmm. and my dad was from Cuba and my mom was from Chile. So while I was still the Latin community, it was one of those where I was very Americanized growing up right. because my mom was like, well, we're here in the States. And so I did not really have a whole lot of that culture background of knowing the poets and this, I mean, except for Celia Cruz, because hello, Celia Cruz, you <laughs> yeah. know, and Gloria Stefan, who was also from Miami um, uh-huh. and was living there at the time. So it's just stuff like that. I was like, you would never, I'm like, well, I'm not white enough for some things because of the Latin background and the dark hair and dark eyes and the olive skin. I tan really well, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, sorry, bitch. <laughs> uh, yep. Hey, it is yeah. what it is, right? Yeah. And then not, or not having like, but you don't sound Latin. I'm like, oh, God, yes, I don't have the accents when I speak. That's because I'm American. Um, but yeah. But so do you speak any Spanish? I don't think we've talked about that before. Uh, well, um. I my Spanish used to be much better um, conversationally. Uh, I was married in the Dominican Republic. Um, I and when I was there, uh, I was I was oh boy, that was oh, don't tell my wife. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> Ten years ago, give or take. So I and I, I had brushed up on my Spanish, too, because I, I never have an opportunity to really use it. And when I was there, I was conversationally fluent it was very broken and and right now it's it's practically non-existent uh but it's uh i i I was mistaken as a native many times especially once i got enough sun and i got dark enough that (laughs) it would it would work until oh wait 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 (laughs) they'd start speaking so fast that i just my brain just would shut off and all right i i'm i got nothing but yeah my my spanish is practically non-existent i i speak mandarin which i actually that, that's even that's a, a misnomer at this point because to say i speak it i haven't actually spoken mandarin in a very long time and it's that's practically gone i was actively um i was planning on going to china for training i'm a martial artist um and uh that was boy that was a probably, few years ago that was more than a few when I was planning on going and I had a private tutor for about a year and a half. So I was reading and writing and uh, working for conversational fluency. And that, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of gone. And and it's one of those things where if you don't use it and I I was watching movies in Mandarin and staying fairly abreast of what was going on, there's a lot of uh, vocabulary that was beyond me. But um, now it's, I, I, I can, I can maybe catch every, sixth seventh word or idea and try to figure it out and speaking is just useless so uh maybe one day i will uh recapture that but yeah outside of that i i'm lucky i can speak and read english so <laughs> we'll, we'll take that we'll take that as a win yeah well that which is uh it's, you know it, it's very particular and specific to the regions and the countries and you know, there's been many times where even in Spanish, I'm I'm conversationally fluent to some extent, but like I understand it. But man, I've put my foot in my mouth a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I I know this feeling where I I don't even bother anymore. Yeah. Because I just to avoid those situations and and because I know that my proficiency is diminished significantly. Um, like I, I just I need and every so often, you know, on, on these 
brief moments where I have a, a thought of a flight of fancies. I should work on my Spanish again. I should work on my Mandarin again. I should go take a nap. And guess which one wins? Nap. Mm. Yeah. I'll send you that TikTok. Although there are fewer naps these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Is well, it- Jamie, my wife, loves TikTok. So mm-hmm. every then and again, I get to see... Um, some of some of the uh, TikTokery, if you yeah, will. yeah, I'll have to send you the one that goes. I had a lot of things to do today, but you know what I did instead? I took a nap. <laughs> it was a very good nap, <laughs> and they have different videos. And you know, you in go. my case, there's probably a lot of cats and dogs. <laughs> hey, well, but for uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, when it works, being in the life of a narrator, <laughs> I'm a fan of the nap. I haven't had a good nap. Yeah. yeah, well, I haven't had a good nap in a while. I, I. I, I suffer from wanting to work too much. So I'm a bit of a workaholic. And I'm, as I'm working, my whole plan when I moved to the desert, to uh, what I call the CDC, the Crisden Desert Compound, that I, <laughs> I wanted to slow down, right? So I'm, LA, so I'm gonna, gonna slow down a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. <laughs> it's uh yeah well well suddenly there there's this little human spawn that appeared and anyone who has had a human spawn and and wishes to be even remotely a reasonable parent mm-hmm. <laughs> who is present and affectionate and and contributing to that spawn's well-being understands that that's a that that's a full-time job yeah so between balancing the, and and my wife Jamie does most of the heavy lifting. Don't get me wrong, like she you know it's like when you when you when you get the new you go to the pound just to look at a dog. We're just gonna look. We're just gonna look <laughs> to see a dog. Okay, if we come home with a dog, that's on you. That's on you. So somehow you know if if we went into the bedroom and the lights turned out and uh, I lifted up her shirt and I said I'm just gonna look. It was on me. So, yeah, so I, I have a kid. And uh, I love your wife. It, so this is, you have to, because she she puts up with me. I tell her daily. I was just telling her last night. How do you put up with me? How do you, how have you lasted this long? Anyone, any any lesser human being, any lesser mortal would, would have long thrown in the towel. So I, I don't. I don't, she's she's certainly made of some stern stuff. It's it's that South Jersey Italian, I guess. I I don't know, but it's she uh, she's bless her heart. She puts <laughs> up with me. She's heard all my jokes. I'm not funny to her in the least. Um, she she knows how I think about things, and um, that uh, yeah. So yeah, all the all the the fans of mine who are oh wow, Sean Crisden, he's. Oh, just to spend a day with him. Yeah, good luck with that, buddy. Because <laughs> my wife has seen and heard it all. And I, I remember uh, it was when I was still doing on-camera work. And there, we were on the, the film set. No, it was an after party. The, the film had wrapped. And uh, the wardrobe and costume folks were, were there talking with me. And my, you know, I was introducing my wife. And they say, you must have the best life that... Um, you get to live with him. He is just so funny and he's so much fun. And and she just looked at them and just looked the look of child, please, that she's heard it all. She knows everything that I do and she's, she's tired of my crap, uh, undoubtedly. So I don't know. I don't know anyone can put up with me for any extended period of time. I'm, I'm sure you even put a hard stop on the time that we have to talk together so that you can re- retain your sanity. I understand. 
understand. No, it, it's I it's <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, that just I had, as you were talking, and I'm going. I should probably do a series about and invite the spouses of the narrators to come on board and just oh, to that talk. Would be fun. Because we, be fun. yeah, that would be fun because you guys are all very unique individuals, but also that whole misconception of because we, especially in the romance world. Oh, oh my yeah. God, oh, yeah. they're so sexy. And oh my God, they can do no, you know, no evil, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm sure the stories and the stuff that the wives and the yeah. spouses can share, it would be, would be fun. I may have to do that. It's it. <laughs> and it's a dangerous thing to, to pull back the veil, you know, yeah. and I, and I have, I make, no, I have no issues with saying, look, I'm a human being too. Mm-hmm. I think farts are funny. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the whole concept of, I narrate these things and it's also the concept of separating the, the person from the act of acting and the characters that we're representing. I mean, we, we see it every day in, in other types of media, how people become enamored with celebrities based on a role they've portrayed or sports stars for the teams they play for or their stats when we i call it the bill cosby syndrome okay as a philly kid i loved me some bill cosby right thought he was his stand-up was amazing and uh he was just so down to earth and he contributed so much back to to the community and he was such a positive role model uh for just growing up as a, a little kid in the city and then he got rapey So, and it's, it's the question of, can you separate the person from their art or, you know, I'm not a big Kanye fan. Don't tell people, um, because I, I get, I think he's a a brilliant artist, even though I'm not even a huge fan of his music, but Kanye is a a troubled human Mm -hmm. and not just because of his mental illness diagnoses, uh, but just because of the way that doesn't make you a, an asshole, right? He tends to dabble quite exclusively in assholery, but everybody makes their choices, but it's, can you separate a person from their art? Does that mean I shouldn't listen to his music or does that mean I shouldn't enjoy Bill Cosby's comedy? For me, uh, I haven't listened to any Bill or watched any Bill Cosby stand up or any of his shows since that, whole thing went down and I I don't know if I ever will uh it's a challenge I I call it the Bill Cosby conundrum that I uh can I appreciate the art outside of the the person I guess it's like looking at a a Hitler painting and you know giving it an objective artistic critique based on the merits of the art not necessarily the individual behind the art Mm -hmm. but when we start to dive deeper into art you know, we understand that art is a language, it's a communication from an individual or, or group, and it's a representation of, on some level, the perspectives and beliefs of that person or group. Um, so they're, they're all sort of woven together. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it, it's just an interesting thing for me. So yeah, yeah. Back to that, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. No, but I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those like, uh, you know, I love that people can think and, and utilize their imagination when you guys are narrating a book and and hear you in their heads when it you know when if they're reading it and they're like, oh my gosh, John Kristen is so awesome and this and that and he sounds so sexy. But at the same time, I'm and I say I'm privy and I'm and I'm very blessed to be able to have <laughs> conversations with you guys and get to know you guys 
on more of a personal level versus just the business side of things. And so I'm going, if you only knew how much of a dork he was um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, or the fart jokes that come out of his mouth, I don't know. How oh, sexy no. You, you sure they're that? coming out of my mouth? Whoa. <laughs> so, hey, you know, I, gaming. Eh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a- yeah. Total, total dorky nerdy. Guy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because, you know, I live in the desert. I, I, I've recent since I moved here, I'm enjoying woodworking. Like I, I like my solitude. I I work out a lot. Like I, I try to stay in great shape. People look at me and they they basically think I look like some kind of black cowboy. When you know I usually wear boots. I have on a cowboy hat and I just and I was like, yeah, the cowboy hat keeps the sun off my bald head. The boots <laughs> are necessary walking around, especially my property with all the scorpions and snakes. But it it, it lends itself to that mystique. And people will see pictures like, oh, he's he's this. And, and that's OK. I mean, we we are who we are, even as narrators or, or talent or celebrities. And I support that image in people's heads, assuming it's a positive one. And they uh, don't uh, look at me as some decrepit, degenerate, degenerate that uh, does whatever a decrepit, degenerate would do. Um, I try to live a good life, folks, but it's, you know, there, there's always the realization at the end of the day that all of these people from myself to any of the other narrators to any of the Kardashian clan to uh, Bill Cosby himself, they're just human beings. And that what they do in their creative lives, not necessarily the Kardashians, you'd need a creative life, um, in their normal lives, um, is also a component of what they do in those creative lives and who they are as people. And But that they are just people. Yeah. And you may see more of them on television or the radio or, or what have you. But I mean, I it's one of the reasons why I don't get hero worship or I don't get starstruck when I meet anyone whose work I've appreciated or, or that I've watched for a long time. Um, not that that is necessarily a good thing, but it's just my brain rationalizes it all as these are people. And this is a person whose work I really enjoy. And I like the work they do in whatever capacity. And some folks find that odd when, you know, especially when I was in LA and you, you meet a lot of celebrities mm-hmm. and you rub elbows with them. And uh, it was always amusing when people, you met so-and-so, yeah. Oh, well, how, what was it like? I said, well, we, we, we talked about the sandwiches. <laughs> it's it's a kind of thing where, you know, it's, and, and again, I'm, a, I'm weird. And people get weird even when they meet me and they realize that I'm just a guy. I'm just another person. And uh, I... Uh, what do they say? I put my pants on one leg at a time, too. Not all the time. Sometimes I try to jump into them. And, you know. <laughs> when you're wearing you know, pants, if you wear pants. When I'm wearing pants. Am I wearing pants right now? Who knows? We never know when we talk. Nobody knows. Yeah. I keep you guessing. Yes. Right? See, that's yeah. the exciting part. All yeah. right. On, keep you on the edge of your seat. Yeah. I could be on the edge of my seat. Am I dangling off of it inappropriately? Nobody no one knows. knows. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. And that's always something that he you will always say. It's one of those. Am I wearing pants? Like, I think it was one of your uh-huh. top five too. one of the for being oh, yeah. a narrator. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, am I wearing pants? And I, I, yeah. I live in the I'm in the desert. Yeah. 
and and, and, and a bunch of acres so no one sees unless they're purposely yeah. on there so it's like don't often have on pants yeah so yeah <laughs> just the way it goes i'm narrating romance you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a method actor yeah it all goes with the territory. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, yeah, you get it. You get it. I do. I do. It's um. I mean, I don't. I think your, my brain and your brain are aligned a bit when it comes down to that. I don't get starstruck. I like still get nervous a little bit mm-hmm. when it comes down to talking to you guys uh, before recording. But usually, that's more for me as to oh, I really hope I don't fuck this up syndrome. <laughs> um, but even then, like when I was talking to you or some of the other ones, I know I, I get a lot of like, oh my god, you've spoken to Sebastian York, and where am I going? You know, I had butterflies from Mr. Sebastian York, but I just didn't want to fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that, it that, comes down to that a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and I'm always nervous. <laughs> um, even doing an interview, there's there's always a little bit of butterflies, and and for me, it's because. Not because I feel like I have to, I don't know, represent some version of myself. I'm just, this is who I am. I'm, I just try to be genuine and authentic because it's easy. Because again, I'm very lazy. I don't I don't need to expend the energy trying to be someone I'm not. But more importantly, it's, oh, well, I get so comfortable that I'll say something really stupid. And <laughs> that's usually what it, much like, I'll fuck it up, right? So I'll just say something really stupid and there'll be this awkward pause of silence. And then I'll say, okay, so we were talking about blah, blah, blah. And there it is, preserved for all time. Nothing Uh, goes away on the internet. And Sean Christen said something stupid again. So, (laughs) yeah, that's usually what it is. But I mean, I was a, you know, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's also why I do these recorded in advance. I've had people Uh, like, you should do these. You should do these live, like on Facebook or Instagram. Live, and I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I might, I might, I might screw it up. I might screw it up. Or at the same time, I might do exactly. Well, I love and adore you guys. The last thing I want is to to have you guys say something that's embarrassing (laughs) to yourselves, your family, uh, (laughs) your significant other. Well, (laughs) my my family has just given up hope on me. I, I think I've embarrassed every current living member of my family and probably many who are deceased um just <laughs> by my my legacy of, of idiocy so that's it just goes with the territory but i you know i spent a lot of time uh performing i, I played in a band so that was always the ultimate um i'm gonna fuck this up even though you you know everything perfectly it's well rehearsed um there's just the that inkling of doubt that specter that ride you um and you know but then as soon as the lights go up and the first note starts assuming you can hear that note and all of your gears working which sometimes it wasn't um then it goes away and the next thing you know you're you're saying thank you good night and it's similar to um even now you know when i'm expected to perform like when i do some of the the animation stuff especially because a lot of it is done as an ensemble record so you have all the other talent on and we've been doing it remotely since the pandemic um or you're you know normally you'd just be there in the studio in the room with them but it's all remotely so even remote everybody's on the writers on the you know the the directors there all the other talent and talent that whose whose work i've adored you know in many things and i uh, i did a couple episodes of uh, american dad and they're doing the, the stuff and i'm like oh man i hope i don't screw this up <laughs> I hope I know how to read, you know, and just things where right before you start, I can, I can literally 
feel my heart beating. <laughs> Something I've done numerous times. You know, I've no, I know how to do it. I have no issues. I've I know exactly what's going on. But your brain rides you with that that crippling self doubt, and just you're gonna fuck it up, aren't you, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> no. And but then as soon as it's time to go, then you don't have time. Your brain no longer has the bandwidth left to focus on that, at least in my case. So then I just do the thing and then all of a sudden it's over and you're like, ah, okay, I did the thing and it was fun and as it should be. But when I, before I go to do something like that, and even when I, if I, after I finish an audiobook, or after I finish a commercial or anytime I do anything, I am, I suffer from imposter syndrome. So uh, which is basically a feeling that they're going to find out that I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> and they're going to realize that I'm terrible. And it, it happens all the time. Uh, and, and a lot of folks do a lot, of, a lot of creative talent, a lot of people in the professional space in the corporate world feel that too sometimes. It, and it's, I find it to just be a natural recurring assessment of one's own position in the grand scheme of things that we always sort of have this feeling that we're not worth something or we're not good enough for something. And a lot of that, especially now, come, uh, comes from comparison, most recently th for me through a lot of social media because everybody's showing you their hashtag best life and you're like, well, I, I, my life's not that great. They're not showing you all of the, you know, the numerous failures and the trials and the heartache and the, the time and effort behind the scenes. We get to see the finished product of the shining, polished version of, of what folks have done. And for me, that uh, is not only distractive, distracting to my, my whole mental process, but it's, it's actually um, something that's detrimental to me. So that's one of the reasons why I, I kind of back away from social media a lot. Because, I, you know, I love a good time for doom scrolling, too, especially the past couple of years in this country <laughs> and just seeing all the, the crap that's going on and being unable to believe the uh, <laughs> the mentalities and, and ideas of some folks. Um, but it's I find it healthier for me overall to be able to remove myself and not be so enmeshed because it's so easy for me to just fall in, become ensnared in that. And, oh, so-and-so did this. And, oh, they did that. And, and look, their, their child is gorgeous. What is, what's happening? How, does my child have, have both his eyeballs? And, and you know, this, it's just ridiculous. It's hard. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, I tend to try to stay ground, a little more grounded. Mm-hmm. It's important, though, because there's like you said, the hashtag best best life without people realizing that that one photo probably took 50 takes and, of course, filters. Right. right. Um, but also the sometimes oh, yeah, the, yeah. the 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 lack of because now people are always behind the the mic or the keyboard in this case, where we're on social media are those people that are, you know, saying things mm -hmm. and pretending to be the best of everything. And, and then, you know, better because either you've had issues or, or you've had relationships with them and you're going, that is so fake. Um, <laughs> and you know, you're going bullshit. Um, but then at the same time that, that, that comparison, I suffer from imposter syndrome. I'm going, I've been doing this now for business in the industry now for what, 11, 10 years. And the podcast is rather mm -hmm. three years, mm -hmm. but the series is like eight years old that I've been doing this, the audiobook yeah. loving series. And I still go, 
Do they want? And it's go? still terrible. Ah! You're terrible. The <laughs> whole thing sucks. It does. Yeah. And I'm going. Do they want to be a guest? Is anybody listening? <laughs> <laughs> I sound horrible. And, and, <laughs> yeah. And there, see, and there just comes a time out of all of that morass of of self defeating negativity that's constantly circling in my brain, um, where we just have to rise above it. Even if you, even if you still believe it and you just say, you know what, I just have to do the thing. I'm, this is the thing I'm doing and I have to do it where for me to, when I admit that to people, they say, no way you're Sean Crisden. You've done all the things with the stuff. And eh, but yeah, you, you basic, you know, people basically see my hashtag best life, right? When they see that stuff and then the, the struggles and the trials. And, and when I go into what I call the pit, which is basically depression, over feeling I'm not good enough, I'm not accomplishing enough, that I'm uh, just nowhere where I should be based on my known capacity and what I should be doing. I deal with that regularly. So uh, I, I think in, in some level, that's also a part of the creative process for most creative talent. Uh, the intensity of which varies from person to person, but I think everyone tends to deal with at least some shadow of that uh, within their within their own psyche of, of how they relate to themselves, what they do, what they create, and the world at large. So it, it can be it can be very challenging. I mean, I, I always look back to someone like Robin Williams, uh, extremely popular, extremely talented, um, well storied, well learned man. Uh, who was phenomenally creative, phenomenally expressive, also an introvert, also struggling with many, many personal demons uh, that uh, obviously we see uh, how that culminated. And a lot of, you know, most people didn't know that and then would look like would look at it and say, well, what would drive him to do that? He had the world was his oyster, you know, and yada, yada. And, you know, that's that's one of the ideas that we're our empathy can lead us astray to not see the bigger picture and, and not see the specific details and circumstances relating to him uh, and his life and his perception of his life um, that he was struggling with. And it's, it's, uh, it's just, it's something that I think about relatively regularly in terms of it being intertwined with the creative process uh, and being a creative talent that it uh, and not not that I'm I'm having any sort of suicidal ideation but just that the extreme swings of emotion and the uh, perspective of where you are how your work is valued both by yourself and how it's received by an audience uh, are are there's a, a bit of dysmorphia related to what you see and, and what's objectively true and it it changes um from time to time it's weird humans are weird yeah we're just weird we're you know, we, the, uh, like shrek said we're like onions there's multiple layers <laughs> there, there are multiple <laughs> layers right yeah and, 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 they're, and they're always changing yeah for ever some, growing for some of us anyway yeah some of us eh, you, you kind of get what they're about <laughs> true but the majority of us yeah. i mean if the, there's just a lot of so many things coming at us in one direction whether it's you know social media or you know day jobs or 
you know, just the stuff that we do, family and all that other fun stuff. That's why I, I love mm. the the ability to be able to escape into the books and to just, yeah. you know, enjoy whether it's a book that you've narrated or someone else has and be able to still do other stuff while I'm listening and not feel guilty that I'm doing listening to something I want to do because it's my time or whatever. Right. Um, and for trying to focus more on the self-care of stuff. And it's okay to have time for me. And I don't have to be working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Sean. Um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, there, I heard there was a memo dispatched. I'll have yeah, to see. Yeah, well, you and I are in the same camp. Uh, we're somewhere. going, we're not. <laughs> well, well, that's the challenge when, yeah. when you run your own business. Yes, yes. And anytime you're not working, you mm -hmm. feel like, well, I could be working and I could mm -hmm. be growing this and, and this could be scaling to, to a bigger level and I can make money doing that and I can yada, yada, yada. And, and fortunately now I'm, I'm at the point where uh, I'm comfortable. I'm very comfortable in my career and, and that's a wonderful thing. But I, for me, I always feel like I need to strive to do more, to accomplish more, to, the th because I know what my capacity is in theory for my work output for creating and and it's not just the vo work so it's not just voiceover uh, my voice acting it's i have so many musical ideas that i need to get out i most people you know i i went to school for visual art uh, i was going to be an illustrator or uh, end up being an art teacher and I, so i have a lot of i need to return to painting and art and those things are constantly sort of gnawing at the back of my head uh, I have, mu like I said, I have a lot of music that I want to do. I did put some music on Instagram. So I did do that at the height of the pandemic. I, I did I remember. Uh, a couple things of music therapy. So I felt good about that. I have another one that I'm actually working on. Nice. Uh, that one of these days I'll, I'll do it when I get some, just a free, just a free weekend day. I just needed weekend day. Um, time, time is the most valuable commodity, especially at this point in, in my life. And I guess in most people's lives, as you creep into, um, uh, <laughs> they call it middle age, but you know, I, it's just, I'm just a little older than I was before. And so as we creep into that, um, now, uh, the most valuable commodity for me is time and not just the time to produce, you know, as a creative talent, but also the time to spend with family and friends and the time to, you know, spend literally with my son and well i guess he would be included in family and friends he's like a whole other thing and yeah he, boy, <laughs> he, he's, just, he's just this whole category unto himself yes um <laughs> but you find that time is is so fleeting and you begin to get this more acute realization of the concept of passing time mm -hmm. uh, and largely it's because you know we're, we're no longer at the point in our lives where we're constantly experiencing something new constantly learning something new changing and growing and we, we we reach this point where there's sort of this stability for most of us not all of us but for most of us and your day in and day out routine is sort of the same generally so things begin to kind of morph together in terms of our interpretation and and experience of how time passes and it just makes it pass faster where mm -hmm. you know when you were a kid and all of your elders would say oh, when you get older it's just gonna go so fast you're gonna you're gonna wish you were back here as a kid you know and as a kid you can't wait to get to be older you want to be an adult and as an adult you just wish you were a kid again mm -hmm. and because uh, you have this this finer more acutely tuned perspective of of how it works okay. and I, 
it's I don't know. It's it's a it's a thing where I have friends who are in their seventies and now pushing their eighties who tell me you're just a kid, you know, you you figure it out. And I appreciate that now. Yeah, like thanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh gosh, Grandpa, thanks so much. You know, I and and I can appreciate that. Whereas a kid, when you're told you're a kid, it's an insult. That is true. Yes. You know, and you're you're just a kid. Yeah. And and I'm just a kid. And I said, yeah, and I have to appreciate that and, and respect their position and literally their seniority that they've survived this long in this crazy place and and, you know, can offer some additional perspective and insight from their spot on the mountain. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't even know what I was talking about. See, I was rambling again, that age thing. I just I just go on. I just go out and look at clouds uh, and yell at them. I don't know. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Get off my lawn, you! Oh, these ground squirrels are driving me crazy. I have been yelling at ground squirrels out here, but uh, yeah, ground squirrels. I thought they were just squirrels. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's the difference? No, not out here. Well, your your typical squirrel, like what we experience, um, you know, in, in the East Coast and what you mm-hmm. have, and uh, even on on both coasts and in most parts of the country, uh, are tree dwelling squirrels. So oh. they they create their dens or nests, I don't know what they have. They're squirrel huts in a tree. And uh, California and in the Southwest, uh, and there may be some as far north as Colorado, I'm not not entirely sure of their full range. Uh, we have different types of ground squirrels who actually den in the ground. They burrow into the ground. And uh, they are here, they are, they, um, they're quite a nuisance because they eat everything. So they they love man, they eat seeds and grasses and vegetation. So when you're trying to have a vegetable garden or uh, any new landscaping material like plants and species that they don't normally eat, but there's a drought and a lot of the other food sources are scarce, then they start eating everything else. So it's it's just a constant battle. Oh. I'm shaking my fists an awful lot. <laughs> oh my and, goodness. You, know, you remember the old cartoons where you'd, you know, the, it'd be a gopher or a rabbit, you know, or Bugs Bunny or something. And you'd see the top of the ground and a plant and the plant would wiggle a little and then yes. shoot right down into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, kind of like that. Oh boy. Yeah, it must be definitely a pain when you're trying to do yeah. a garden or keep your landscaping alive in such weather. Yeah. yeah. But they're cute. Yeah. And I mean, I, I I just go for natural desert landscape. You know, I'm I don't want to introduce non-native species, and you know, you mm-hmm. support the the environment the ecosystem yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, and uh, especially with water, with our water shortages and the impending drought that will at some point descend itself upon the Southwest um, and the the West in general. Um, but it's it's a challenge yeah so yeah. that but i i digress i digress so we're talking about i, I don't mean to offend all of our ground squirrel listeners <laughs> no just listening and they might be my biggest audience do you ever know <laughs> god who knows who knows and now look at that i just cut out a large swath of them Thanks. and just insulted it's, them it's and okay the sponsors are going to pull out oh no oh, not the boy. sponsors <laughs> Jeez, I have to get those. That's Sean Christensen. See, there he is, saying stupid stuff. (laughs) No, 
<laughs> but um, you've been doing a lot of the like you were saying the the animation and, and videos and voiceover acting and the, mm-hmm. and the romance um are you thinking of doing that next step as far as you know what it would be your next step as far as career-wise i know you've done a little bit of coaching i have done coaching um i've taken on students who have sort of come to me organically i don't advertise that i'm a coach um i've i've had oh, i've done workshops i've given workshops um and people make fun of my workshops because I, I don't do it to make a profit. So even I'm, I'm a member of the board here uh, in, in this town of a local nonprofits creative arts group. And I've done workshops for them because I believe in bringing the elements of a creative life and how you can work and build a sustainable career through your creative work. Um, to people in the community that want to do that. And also just that want to explore making funny voices. And um, so I've done workshops and I, and I, and people said, you don't charge enough for your, your, your coaching or for your workshops. And I said, well, I, I'm not here to make money off of it. I'm here to provide people a service and I want them to feel that it's valuable to them. So it has an implied value of, okay, you have to pay X amount of dollars to attend this just so that they feel like it's not a dollar. And they're like, it was a dollar. Who cares? You know, um, and, you know, the other part of the imposter syndrome showing its head again, I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> so and and it's always comical to think about it that way, because I do. I've been in this industry a long time. I've achieved considerable success in it. Um, not that my methods work for everyone, but it gives people a perspective and a way to help as a benchmark for navigating it and understanding some of the things that are required and some of the things that are useful in uh, navigating that territory. So, yeah, I do that. And a lot of times people just ask me a lot of questions because like I, I think I said earlier, I I love interacting with fans and people who like just learning about VO. That stuff's fun. I like talking shop. And I'll, eventually some of those organically grow into, can you please help me with this? And can you coach me? I say, yeah, of course. I uh, just have to find the time then I schedule it to do it. And I like helping people because for me, I initially didn't have any help. I had to basically do my best guess to find my way through. And I met with a lot of people that said, you can't do it. You can't do that. It'll never work for you. I had a lot of what I call anchors, which are people who just drag you down and keep you stationary and in place. So being for me, having had that experience, I, I don't necessarily want other people to have to have that same experience. So uh, I try to help them to propel them forward to reach whatever limits of their ability they, they can they can go for. So uh, I do try to help folks when and where I can. I mean, I, I end up working a lot. So it's not it's not often uh, that I do that. But I do, but I don't advertise it. You know, there are some folks who make a great living coaching and helping other people and uh, good on them. That's just not what I want to do. Like I, I sort of take on coaching as uh, as it arises organically. It just I, I know I'm in a position to help steer someone in the right direction. Then uh, I, I do that when I can. It's just I, I like giving back and, and helping folks. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, no, I, I I get that. I I've been. Uh, I think it's a what is it? One of my strengths in the strength finder is development, and I'm a learner, so I do both, like to teach people and mm-hmm, when they mm-hmm. and help them out when they can. 
uh, and stuff like that. But does, right. does that also then mean, I, I, so from a career perspective, what are you thinking as is your next step? Do you know yet? Or are you just really enjoying what you're doing right now? That's right. I totally avoided answering that question, didn't I? Yeah. You can't trust me. Um, uh, yeah, he's great at interviewing. I love interviewing. He never answers anything. Uh, right now, I, I'm I'm digging more into animation and video games. Uh, that will likely become my focus uh, in the coming, you know, in, in the coming two to three years, because that that's really fun for me. I've actually taken most recently a backseat from my narration. I've actually sort of switched genres. So I haven't done as much romance as I have in the past because I was, I was starting to burn out on romance from uh, just from the formula of, you know, from cute meat onto every, where you, you know what's going to happen, where it was starting to not fulfill my creative spirit. Because I knew exactly, it was so predictable. I knew, you know, you know exactly what's going to happen. I was like, oh, I don't even need to read the book. I know what's going to happen. Um, where you don't, you don't go on a ride. And it's not all the time, but it's just, I've done so many books that it began to get a little stale. So I said, I'm going to step away from it for a while. So I've, I said, I'm going to look in, um, to look at some of my other uh, narrative loves, which are, I enjoy mystery uh, suspense work. I'm I'm a big horror fan, but I don't I don't know how well a horror narrator narrator I'd make. Um, but I've I've dabbled, and um, a lot of uh, really kind of emotionally stirring dramas in terms of uh, the actual work. Where um, that's been a lot of my my most recent work, uh, and you know I get I get a, right now. Maybe one romance book a month has come that I'm I've accepted, and next year I have a bunch more because I said oh, I've I've had enough of a break I can get back into them, but I, I had to take a a little break from it, and um, but that's pretty much it. I I'm enjoying the animation and video game work. The the sort of big full character acting is um, where I'm focusing a lot of my energy right now. Um, but so that that's uh, probably another two years. And beyond that, I'll have to reassess what I want to do, because a lot of it is, you know, subject to my own whimsy and fancy of what I feel like. But the the idea that uh, I'm trying to work less um, and still keep the lights on, huh? <laughs> but, <laughs> but to actually work less so that I have the time and energy for those other valuable components of living, which are family and friends and the boy. <laughs> so, you know, so I'm yeah. trying to schedule it that way. So that's, that's generally my, my plan, you know, cause as, as I wanted to scale and scale and scale and then get to, I have to still scale to a point that I can manage, uh, without getting too so crazy that I just lose my, the hair I don't have left and, uh, don't have the time or the energy to do it. Yeah, so that's it's, a it's 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 a difficult thing for the creatives to do because mm -hmm. we're they're constantly looking at what else to learn or what else to try or the mm -hmm. ideas come. Like I've totally have said to myself, aside from not being able to go to the pound or anything like that, because I will come home with a dog or a cat. <laughs> but it's also we're just gonna like, look. We're just gonna look. We're gonna look. Yeah, but I also like will not start a new hobby because then it becomes mm -hmm. a business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I see. I. I if you if you if you're into any of the Myers Briggs personality types, which I am with a with a big grain of salt, I, I'm generally a, an INTP. So 
I, I share a, a similar approach to things. I know a, a great deal about a great many things. And then when I get something that grabs my attention, I dive, I dive in feet first, no, no breathing apparatus, you know, and I just, I just want to be immersed in it and learn everything I can about it until I burn out on it. And it's like my wife says, don't, it, the, the running joke is anytime I get involved with anything, if it's an organization or a group or a hobby, I, I basically take over. And it's not because I want to, but it's because I become so ravenous in learning about it. And I have, people have described it as a natural charisma, but I, I also tend to be reasonably intelligent and uh, systematically logical in how I approach things, which uh, tends to be some strong facets for leadership, um, which, so I, I inadvertently end up taking over things, not because I want to, but because people begin to defer to me or I find a hobby or, or something like you were saying. And then I just, <gasps> I have to know everything there is about this. And it, it becomes, yeah. yeah. So like I said, it's, I'm I not allowed. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I just have to avoid it. Yeah. And right? I have to Okay, I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to talk to them. I've actually learned um, to keep my mouth shut. I'm learning. <laughs> in, I'm in learning. social settings, right? I'm learning because <laughs> I don't want to volunteer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. Ex or be volunteer told, or be voluntold. Told, yes. 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 Mm -hmm. That <gasps> you can do that. You're so smart. Uh, Damn it. Uh, I don't have me. pants on. You know, that's that's usually, <laughs> usually can, wait, how it goes. Can, can we use that out as a way out? <laughs> I've tried it. I've done it before. This is why I, I, I use that. And I, I think for me, because I tend to be... I represent myself generally as I am, right? I, I believe in authenticity and being genuine with, with who you are. And I say it's because I'm lazy and I don't, I don't have time to pretend, <laughs> but isn't my whole job largely playing pretend? Um, I don't have time to pretend I am as a person, someone else, because then you got to remember and the lies it's and so you need a spreadsheet. Work. It's a yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and for some people, they're not accustomed to that. They're used to people basically blowing smoke up their ass for, for whatever, they, whatever they want. And I'm at a point in my life and my career where this is what you get, you know? So uh, some people may be attracted to that. They're, they're kind of drawn to it. And, and I, I, I accept that. But it's also, I just learn to keep my mouth shut a lot because when I start talking about stuff and I, I talk to people about things, especially if it's something I'm excited about, I've had to learn to interact differently. So in a sense, I've had to curtail who I am so that I don't get drawn into these situations <laughs> where I'm, I, I'm either I'm diving in feet first and I got to learn everything and help everybody and do all the things and, and have all this stuff. So, um, yeah, I've learned to, to throttle back a little bit on that. Yeah. I'm learning. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah, learning yeah. to do that. I, I see when you said that, I said, I get it. Yeah, I get it. And, well, th and this is from a guy who's I'm, I'm an introvert. Yeah, I'm me an too. introvert who, who knows how to turn on extroversion when it's necessary and can be really good at that. But then it takes me four days to recover in a dark room. Yep. So it's, it's challenging for me, but it, people are shocked when they find he's an introvert. Yes. He's an introvert. Uh, Same with me. Oh, yeah. They're like, you're an introvert. I go, yes, I am. I'm yep. also an INFJ in the Megathrig. Huh. So mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I see. Yeah. It all makes sense now. Because <laughs> I, that's like like people when I tell people that know that they say, "Oh, so you you like to debate and see both sides of things?" I say, "Yep, very much so. I, mm-hmm. I very much like to to understand people and perspectives and and play see. devil's advocate for things and." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, I, the big picture. Oh, no, yeah, it's like the whole big picture and how to figure them out into putting them to smaller pictures to get it to that big picture. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's all that. That's why I'm not allowed to do new hobbies. I will not learn how to use the, the what is anything with uh, like making those tumblers. I would mm. love, oh my God, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. See, I, yeah. I try, and this is why I also stay off of social media, yeah. social media version, because I get sucked in that's yeah and like tiktok tiktok would ruin me i'd be ruined i would never narrate another book i would just all i'd want to do is produce content for tiktok and (laughs) fall down tiktok rabbit holes with other people's stuff Mm -hmm. yeah you would but you'd be fun though but yeah it'd be fun but hey sean kristen never gonna do another book probably not Uh, probably not have you have you checked out his tiktok 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 reaction videos yeah oh my god no No, I'm just see, see, it's no, bad. No, for no, no, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, yeah. I'm doing this for you. No, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no way. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> why don't we do this? Why don't we have this, uh, the fun part now of, aside from all the fun we've been having, um, let's do the two truths and a lie. That was part of your homework. <laughs> Two truths and a lie. Yeah. So let me tell you, this girl, she told me I got some homework, this stuff to do, and little did I tell her, I, uh, I, uh, I don't really do homework anymore. So, uh, yeah, two truths and a lie. So, yeah. do, so um, this is where you're going to tell us so three se- things. Three things. About you, of which two are true and one's a lie. Okay. And we have All to right. guess. And I say we because I love thinking that the listeners are playing along with me, even though it's just myself right now on the mic. But, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just you always playing with yourself. Okay, two <laughs> truths and a lie. Here we go. All right. So All right. I, I I did my homework here. Okay. I I um so here here I will give you three things. Here's the first thing. Uh by the end of this year, I will have narrated my five hundredth audiobook. Um the last book of this year will make book number 500. Very convenient. Um, so that uh, that is number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is uh, despite uh, the presence of, of my intimidating and inspiring character, I am only five feet, eight inches tall. I usually tell people that I am short in stature only. Uh, number three, I am incapable of whistling. When I attempt to whistle, uh, it basically sounds like a, a duck choking on human saliva. So there are your, uh, there are your three things. Mm. 500 audiobooks by the end of the year. I stand at a, a measly five foot eight inches. I cannot whistle. Wow. Okay. So if we do the math, which I'm horrible at, our audible say I think said that you have about three eighty five done. 
So, but then again, there's books that you have probably have not come out, will be coming out and some that you've recorded, but may not have ever seen the light of day as of yet. <laughs> Very true. Very yes. True. And then the, the height being five, eight, and then the no whistling. Didn't you whistle a few seconds ago? See, I was so enthralled in the conversation. I could have sworn that. Did I? Did, I? did, did it? Did it kind of sound like. <laughs> was, no. was, that, was, I, was I doing no, that? No, I thought it was real whistling. Hmm. Oh. So let's see. Real whistling, did I? Okay. I mean, I'm I'm giving it away. Uh, well, maybe I did. Maybe, maybe I didn't. Did, yeah. I can't say. Hmm. Go to the tape, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. In this case, it'd no. Be- we're doing it live. Yeah. We're doing it live, folks. <laughs> yeah. My editor is gonna be like, "Who's Charlie?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Charlie. Yeah. No, Gabby. It's Gabby. Yeah. No, that's my editor, Gabby. <laughs> uh, don't yeah. don't go to the tape, Gabby. Although Gabby may be wondering, did he whistle? I don't remember yeah. if, he, if I heard him whistle. They'll FaceTime me and say, how did you miss that? Well, I was in the conversation. I was paying attention. It was not about Present, you know, in the moment. Was, exactly. As you know, as mm-hmm. you should be. Mm-hmm. So let's see. That's okay. Right. Um, the lie is the 500 books. Your choice is the lie is the 500 books. Yes. Let's ask the audience, which do you think is the lie? Then there should be you know, some sort of clicking talk. Uh, clicking talk. Clicking talk. No, you got ticking, <laughs> Yeah, a clicking talk. A ticking clock um, so that folks can guess it. Mm, yeah. That was a good good guess, but yeah. you were wrong. I'm wrong. Okay, so the lie. Then mm-hmm. you're 5'8". That's what I thought, see? <laughs> um, nope. The lie is I cannot, cannot whistle, whistle. I, for I can whistle. Yes. I am an avid whistler, mm-hmm. often whistling so that people don't know the evil thoughts I'm thinking. <laughs> so I, uh, with my gut. I need to learn how to just listen yeah, to that see? gut thing. Yeah. Or listen to me whistling. I'm very well may have whistled. I know. Uh, yeah. But that, again, so in see? the presence that I'm like, I completely that. locked see? it out. That's the subtlety of it. Yeah. That I, I, I even threw a clue out there. Yeah. Huh? Ah, if it wasn't for those kids and that pesky dog. Ah, <laughs> yes, yes. So, yeah, I, I will actually, I was shocked because I did the math because I, I have a list of every audiobook I've yeah. ever done. And I said, uh, I'm about to hit 500 audiobooks. And uh, the very last book that I will narrate this year in December of this year um will be number 500 it's wow uh, martin and malcolm and america which is sort of this uh, review of the civil rights movement and martin luther king and malcolm x's place within it um and i said boy that's that's something so 500 books is uh impressive for me I, I was that's something I'll may I'll have to do some sort of special thingamajigger for folks. I was gonna for, say yeah, uh, we'll have to. I'll I'll shoot you a note. <laughs> yeah, see so you you will have to tell me to do yes. and re- help me and remind me because <laughs> I I'm will remind you. These things. Yes, like, you're gonna do 500 books. Yeah, maybe I'll do a. Um, I always wanted to do a celebrating the thing uh, to celebrate something to do like a, a lunch date or a dinner with someone where they you know get. Hang out with Sean Crisden for three hours. Listen to all his fart jokes. That kind of thing. <laughs> Just ruin your hopes and dreams. That I think that would be uh, something kind of fun. But who knows? You know, in terms of where we are, in terms of COVID and, and all the other things, I may just have to do a uh, 
We could do a virtual call for yeah, folks too. That'd be fun. Something fun. I don't know. Yeah. I, I solicit suggestions. Yeah, what I should we'll, do to celebrate my 500th audience. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll put um, that out there um, with uh, the people and the listeners and see what they come up with. And then yeah, that's the poll. There's a poll. Yeah, so see, we'll there's a listener poll. poll. Yeah. What what should that idiot do oh, for stop. to celebrate his 500th audiobook? So, it's a huge uh, milestone, I, I, you know. It 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 actually is. I mean, don't let me diminish it with, mm-hmm. with my facetiousness. It's um, you know, I I I was taken aback when I realized that that was the number uh, of audiobooks that I will have completely narrated. It's kind of kind of crazy. Kind it of crazy. is, yeah, from all. <laughs> From all different genres, like I said, and, and I, going by what Audible says, because that's right now the one place where we can keep track of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's saying three eighty five. Yeah, three eighty five. So, so I have. Well, I still have uh, a number of books between now and then, but there's at at least one hundred books. Yeah, that uh, are not available on Audible, and I. I I think we were saying it earlier. I think it was on this broadcast and not before that I have been talking to a lot of authors and rights holders who are pulling their stuff. Yeah, they are. And uh, going uh, going wide and, and through other uh, retail channels. And some are just specifically uh, selling them through their own websites and their own portal. Um, yeah, so the technology it's, it's that's available moment. nowadays. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, moment right now in the, in the audiobook industry because accessibility for listeners is being challenged by basically these platforms having some some difficult to abide by terms for the rights holders uh so i'm not sure how that will end up playing itself out and there's been there's also been a bit of mismanagement as well um between acx and audible and and how they've really uh, <laughs> screwed the pooch, so to speak, uh, with, with some of the rights holders. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens, what comes of it. Yeah, I just uh, I just wish that. So there's Goodreads, which is, how, you know, a website where people use to kind of keep track of their you know wish list of what they've been current listening to and their two BRs to be read sure. list and stuff like that. I kind of wish that there was something similar, but I'm not going to create it because that's not what I'm going to be doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, for you, audiobooks. You, you were even, you were, you were an early victim of, of my own crazy ideas when I was talking about. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Of the, of, which is still on the back burner. Yes. Um, yes. We'll, yes. We'll yes. see. We'll see if I ever get to it. And it that was, was a good that idea. Was when, it was when I first saw the ripples and saying, well, how do we get content to people? How do people mm-hmm. get their books without getting ripped off by and, and so that the rights holders and the listeners, everybody's happy to make this sort of happy ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, all right, I'm going to going to dig into that. And it just kind of we got as far as a logo. <laughs> yeah, we got it. We got a logo done. Well, actually, I, 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 I think I wrote up a whole business plan. I think you did. And um I was getting pretty far into it and I was canvassing some listeners just to get opinions on what works and what, what things make the most sense for them. I was canvassing a ton of authors and um, looking at what works, what makes sense. Because for me, I was just tired of being in the middle of, you know, you're a narrator and seeing that there are listeners who are unhappy, there are authors and other rights holders and the, some of the uh, producers and publishers were unhappy with the way that, we're getting these titles to the listeners and 
the entire ecosystem was wacky and it's 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 still getting stirred up mm-hmm. so i'm not sure when all, all the sediment settles to the bottom what will be left uh but you know acx and audible are the they're the 300 pound gorilla in the room so we'll see what happens yeah and since we're being completely vague here um it was a really good idea and uh <laughs> Soon, sooner or later, he's going to announce it, hopefully, that he's doing something with whatever it is that yeah, he decides yeah, to do, you know? Done the thing with this stuff. And yeah. I, I, I fully admit that this this vagueness is not intentional. I can't even remember the title of the project right now. <laughs> I, rem- I remember entirely what it was about. I know the whole the whole thing. And I'm, I'm not trying to be secretive or anything. But, no, yeah, of no, course, just... since it's shelved right now, I, I don't necessarily want to throw it out. And somebody says, that is a good idea. Yeah. And we actually have the mojo to make it happen because he's lazy and naps too much. So And has uh, a kid and a wife and a family. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so, he does all these things. Yeah, but it so. it, 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 it it was a thing. Yeah. So yeah. and you were I dragged you into that with me, <laughs> and you were you were actually you were you were a tremendous help. So oh, thank when you. I uh, rekindle the fire with that, I will. I'll be back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. We don't know if she ever laughed. Yeah, uh, exactly. So <laughs> it'll I'll I'll definitely poke you with that, but yeah. the, you know, getting to it and and. Uh, Especially now, in fact, the the whole climate for it now is worse than it was even then. Because then I just sort of saw the the potential uh, for it. Yeah, I felt the disturbance in the force. Yeah, and and now it's it's really sort of igniting itself. Mm-hmm. So especially we'll with the audiobooks being as popular and trendy as they are right now, to be able to provide Absolutely. all everyone in the industry with an opportunity to get their mm-hmm. books there would be good. But yeah, yep. so more more to come is my hashtag when I do things like this, and I actually have a listener <laughs> by the name of Carrie who I love and adore, but she always takes a, a, a shot of something alcoholic when she hears me or sees me use a hashtag more to come. So I do that on purpose now. Go. So there you go, Carrie. Love you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, she's feeling good right about now. I'm so. sure she is. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, before we go, um, why don't you tell us what you're currently working on or that you can share that's coming up next? Okay. Well, let's see. Well, uh, the last month or so, uh, was actually one book because I, I just finished a narration on an almost 40 hour book. Um, let me think. So prior to that, what came in before that, I did the salt fields by, uh, Stacy flood, mm-hmm. which is a novella. Um, fabulous, fabulous book. Uh, Stacy has such a, a command of language that it, it was just a joy to read it. Um, so I, I do, re- I recommend that one. It's not, the salt fields was not romance, um, per se. It was basically about, um, a train ride, uh, out of the, I think out of one of the Carolina, out of the Carolinas to the North, um, uh, and the occupants of the train, um, thereof and sort of their lives colliding, uh, really well done, really well written. Uh, so I do rec- heartily recommend that one. I did uh, Black Black Noir, which was see I was saying more uh, suspense and mystery that which is an anthology of um, crime and fiction written by African American authors, uh, edited by Otto Penzler, which uh, some really neat little, little stories in there. So if that's if that's your jam, and you like you some Sean Crisen, um, Unexpected Expectations which is the first book in the Luke Brothers series by Casey Mills, which is a 
a good old fashioned uh, classic romance, a little bit of action with uh, that one. That one was actually pretty fun. I enjoyed that one. Uh, I believe that was a co-narration, as I recall. But of course, I I have so many, and I I always do a disservice to my co-narrators. And I say, oh, that that was a co-narration. I think with uh, I can't remember who it was. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't don't beat me. And again, I probably should have done my homework and and <laughs> had all of this ready to say, so I sounded knowledgeable and and sure of myself. Uh, that's Sean Crisden. Uh, then was Five Smooth Stones, mm-hmm. which was Anne Fairbairn, which um, was the one that I think it comes in just under 40 hours, which uh, was a fabulous story of, um, on on the whole, it's a love story, uh, but it uh, basically examines the generations of a family born into a, of a black family in, that begins in Louisiana, uh, in New Orleans, of a uh, born into a world of systemic racism, and then how that eventually butts up against the civil rights movement, uh, love and sacrifice. And it was written in 1966. Um, so it didn't really get to see the end of the civil rights movement. Not that it ever ended, but of that period of, the, of civil rights in the United States. Uh, really, really... Uh, powerful book. Uh, there may have been tears for me. Some it's rare that books make me cry. I believe I cried twice in that book. Oh, wow. um, and it wasn't even at the end. <laughs> so uh, that was one that really, uh, really uh, impacted me. Then um, I just finished Hostile Takeover by Lucy Lennox, mm-hmm. which is um, a male, male, uh, romance, big money, high power, and the good old uh, fake relationship, uh, refactionship, as I call it, um, <laughs> that ends into something much, much more. So it's that one's fun. Uh, and I'm about to start tomorrow. I would have started it today, but somebody wanted to do an interview. And, you know, <sighs> <sighs> you know how that goes. Yeah, um, <laughs> the 13th book in the ice home series uh bridget's bane which um boy that that one that's the third i think i've i think i did them all uh they're co-narrations with uh oh she's gonna beat me (laughs) (laughs) they're co-narrated because i i i believe she's using a pseudo and i don't want to um Yeah. Can you can I can help me out? Help me out. (laughs) (laughs) Um I guess I could too. I'm sitting here. Uh Julian Macy. Let's see. Hold on. Let me write the get the right series because there's Planet Bombarians. That's not her. Oh, she did the alien ones. That's right. Yeah, it's all aliens. It's um Felicity Monroe. Yes is is my co-narrator for those. Um and they're all aliens. And <laughs> Ruby Dixon has created this this fantastic Star Trek-ish alien world of these big, massive, hunky alien guys who all do all these kinds of things. And they're all muscular, and one changes into a dragon. And uh, so there's shifter stuff going on, and they all have a relatively human anatomy with some 
alien enhancements. It's spicy. <laughs> oh, it, it's real spicy. Oh, mm, 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 it's spicy, child. So if if that's your thing, um, that, that, whole, that, whole, that whole series is 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 pretty wild. Mm-hmm. So um, doing the th- starting the thirteenth book in that series. If, nice. If that's if that's your jam, your yeah. jam. That's tomorrow. But I, let me see. Actually, I can look and see what else. I know that you did a Saint by Sierra Simone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's coming out. She shared that the files have been uploaded and Mm -hmm. hopefully through the and it's through review and outs in a couple weeks. So, yeah. When did I do Saint? Because I didn't even show up on my most recent. So I'm trying to think of when that when I squeezed Saint in. I can't even remember. I'm sure you squeeze it in. All right. All right, you know how it is. <laughs> if it's too tight, you use a little lube, and it fits just fine. Um, the well, and that's that's also part of it. You know, there are times where I'm working on multiple books at the same time. Uh, just I, I typically try to schedule just one book at a time, but sometimes someone will ask if I can squeeze something in <laughs> or make something work um, based on my schedule because I'm I'm usually booked out pretty far. Like right now, I'm booked out through the end of February for just audiobooks and then it's also work in the animation and the between commercials yeah. and the e-learning and all the other stuff in there somehow so it's which is great because it it gives me a sense of security as as a creative talent because the the old adage as an actor is you're you're only only employed until your current job ends and then you're unemployed again technically speaking so uh, freelancing gotta love it uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> So you 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 work and and being able to be booked out because I've enjoyed reasonable success and popularity as a narrator is is nice. It's comforting, but it's also squeezing stuff in there. So a lot of times I have to turn down uh, books that I'd want to do because my schedule's already packed. And uh, so there have been times I've missed out on stuff that I just had to say no because I don't have the technology to clone myself yet. Um, that just has to has to pass on to somebody else yeah so but yeah but it's but that's yeah some good stuff there's there i feel like there are a couple other books that i did that i um can't remember (laughs) that came up (laughs) yeah i mean it's the audible has it pretty up to date i think you can see me that came out in july the salts is is out already um black oh, noir yeah. is black is out already too so that um the luke brothers there's a complete collections that's being done like a box set it looks like mm, nice, so that's nice. coming out september 28th so it has chan smolder you a bunch of other narrators there that's good, good. yeah that's fun yeah, that's so, good yeah. fun and like you said you have a hundred something odd books between now and your 500 so we got stuff to listen to <laughs> yeah, there, well, there's, there's plenty to listen to. Yeah. And now it, it's actually um, piqued my own interest in and curiosity in Sorry. where some of these other books are, <laughs> and that because it's you know it's 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 difficult for me to keep track of everything when it's in retail, when it's out of retail, when the oh, rights yeah. holder has pulled something. Oh gosh, so yeah, it's, it's crazy. Or when even when we have a release date given by mm-hmm. set retailer. Then all of a sudden, the yep. next day, you get the notification by a listener. Hey, your book's available. Fuck, where's my marketing it plan is. go? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there goes yeah, well, marketing. I, I know. <laughs> yep. A lot of authors have that problem where yeah. sometimes it's difficult to even know what's happening uh, behind the scenes on various platforms. For And when you're trying to, to coordinate it from a marketing perspective, and just so you know, well, when is this going to hit retail so I can be ready? Um, it's, it's just, yeah. who knows? 
So it did. Yeah. Yeah. But when Some Sierra are really good at it. Yeah. But it's yeah. But when Sierra made the announcement that the saint was the saint was coming out and who the narratives were, they went batshit crazy over you and Jacob. So that was good. Oh, <laughs> that makes me feel good. And see, and I and I miss this stuff sometimes because I'm not always on social media. Sometimes I get pinged um, a lot for it, but. I try to then pop in if somebody says, oh, Sean Crisden, blah, blah, blah. And I usually pop in and say some terrible self-deprecating comment. Um, <laughs> but it's, but yeah. yeah. I'll have to figure something out where I can ping you and you'll for sure get it. That doesn't have to be on social media. Yeah. So I can be like, go over to Facebook now. You you know, look at this thing. Look at this and thing. See this stuff. You have 10 minutes to do this and get out. Get in, get out. You're done. <laughs> Yes, yes, ma'am. Right away, ma'am. No, but that makes you not anxious about getting stuck in the hole of ever right. being in social media again. Is that you? It's true. You, you do it for ten minutes. You're in and you're out and you're done. Well, yeah. I, and that's what I do. When I yeah. I limit my because I typically every couple of days I'll go in unless mm -hmm. somebody pings me directly and says, "Hey, this is happening. You should check this out. They're talking about you and and your mama's ugly." Then <laughs> they. Um, I'll go in and say, all right, I'm going to go in. I have, I have to look at all my notifications. So by then I have hundreds of notifications mm -hmm. of people who have pinged me, tagged me, and I try to get and messaged and I try to get through them all. And because I, you know, I want to respond to everyone that I can, mm -hmm. but invariably I, I miss a lot. Yeah. Um, because we'll, either, we'll straighten you out. Don't worry. <laughs> you have to do yeah. something. We'll do it. Yeah. Whip, whips and chains, whips yeah. and chains. <laughs> I have those. We'll do it. Fine. Um. <laughs> Don't doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much uh, for returning and being here, hanging out with me again. I appreciate you always and love and adore you. So thank you. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. as always, it is my distinct pleasure. Thank you. And I will be including those lovely social media links, even though he's hardly there, but he's trying to get better at it. So maybe more people I am getting better in. at it. Yeah. If, if, yeah. If, if people poke me, I do try to respond. Yeah. And if I don't respond, poke me again. Yeah. Just not too hard because then it gets all like, weird. Um, that might have been a book I narrated. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Poke me, yeah. There was a there poke was a me book again. The yeah. sequel. <laughs> there was poke a me three. The pokening. <laughs> yeah. I... Yeah. There was a book called Just a Tip. So let's not go there. Um... <laughs> there was. I know. I know. Uh... Yeah. So we'll be including those links in the episodes post over at Vivian Enchantress of Books. And until next time, happy listening. Thank you again. You're very welcome. Thank you for having. Me. Thank you wholeheartedly to all of our audiobook love and podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Chrissy Font, Karen Hoffman, Leanne Schwartz, Lynn Black Patterson, Michelle DaCosta, Bethany Crane, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Don Darsh, Carrie Wallace, Christy Reitz, Michelle Bestard, Valerie Wall, and Nancy Billows. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. Benefits include early access, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.